This is the Parent Life Podcast, and I'm Jason Stanley. About a year ago, our pastor Tim Maynard here at Fruit Cove Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida, went through a family series called Psalms for the Family. We've already pulled one of those sermons for uh, one of our episodes this year, and it was very well received. Um, One of those sermons, the last sermon in the series, is, Is Your Family Being Led by God? His text for the sermon was Psalm 23. This was actually my favorite of all five in that series. Uh, Often we hear the text Psalm 23 read at funerals for comforting families who have lost a loved one. Tim approaches the passage from the perspective of God's leadership in our families. I had never even stopped to think about how many times just in the first three verses that we hear the word lead and that God is leading us. Not to mention through the rest of the chapter that God is leading us. So what does it mean that God has led us? What does it mean that we are following God? All these questions Tim approaches in this sermon. It's one of my favorites. Uh, It's been right at a year since he spoke it, and I wanted to bring it back for you guys this year as we are wrapping up our spring time together. So this is one of my favorite sermons. We're going to jump right in, and then I will be back to close us out. We're going to conclude today our series in the Psalms on Psalms for the Family. And today I want to look at a, probably because I need to look at it, I want to look at a real familiar Psalm, Psalm 23. And uh, it's always a go-to place if you just need some comfort and and, uh, grace. But I want to ask a question around this, and that is this, as we conclude this series. Is your family being led by God? Now, you, I may just be asking people today, and I'm just asking you personally, is your life being led by God? But if you lead a family, you have children, grandchildren, you have people around you, is your family being led by God? That's the question that we want to consider today. The 23rd Psalm has to do with a lot of things that, that we look at for comfort, but it, one of the things that we don't really concentrate on enough in Psalm 23 is the fact that it, it, is, it has some significant things to say about God's leadership in our lives. And I want you to hear that a little bit today. We're going to look at the first three verses uh, intensely. Let me just read the whole Psalm because we know it and your head will go there anyway. So let me just go ahead and read it for us. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down In green pastures, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Have you noticed how many times the word lead? He leads me, he leads me, he leads me, he leads me. And hence the question again, is God leading your family? Is that really what's happening in your life today? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Choices are a part of everybody's life. We all have to make choices. Choices have consequences. Whether you make good choices and you have good consequences and a good outcome, or whether you make bad choices and there are bad consequences and a bad outcome. But our choices have 
consequences. We need wisdom to make wise decisions. Cornell University study a few years ago showed that the average American makes 226.9 decisions every day about food. Just about food. What to eat, what not to eat, when to eat, how to eat, all kinds of questions. I believe, not my personal opinion, when you, when you get in line behind people at <clears throat> coffee shops, there are people who make 226.9 decisions about what they want in their coffee in the morning. So it's just a lot of things. But you know, a, a lot of decisions are not terribly consequential. They're, they're not life and death. They're not things that are really going to shift life that much for you however you decide. I mean, we're making decisions every day. When we wake up, are we going to make our bed when we make up? Are you going to put deodorant on today or brush your teeth? The people closest to you hope the answer is yes. You know, I mean, but there's no major import to those kind of decisions. We make them, we don't even think about them most of the time. There's not even a lot of forethought. We're just going to do this and, and that's, that's the way we go. But there are those decisions that are life altering. In Joshua chapter 24, Joshua is giving his final address to the men of Israel. He pulled to the people of Israel, the men of Israel together, and is addressing the influencers, the leaders of families and households and tribes. And he lays this statement before them. Uh, choose this day who you're going to serve, whether the God's on the other side of the river or the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will be led by the Lord. That's our choice. That's our decision. And there are consequences that go with that decision. And there are consequences that go with those who say, well, I'm going to go and serve gods elsewhere. So that's, those are life-altering, eternity-altering kinds of decisions that we also need to process and think through. Um. Your decision to follow or not follow Jesus Christ. By the way, your decision not to make a decision is a decision to not follow Jesus as Savior, as shepherd, you know, we think about shepherd and, and the shepherding piece, you know, God's taking care of us. But really, the, 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 the important thing about a shepherd is the shepherd's a leader. He leads us. He, he leads us. And, and that piece of leadership is a really important part of, of who we are and, and what we do and how we lead our lives. You know, one of the greatest stresses in our life is indecision. And that popping in my microphone that keeps going on. But we, we, we don't know which way to turn. Uh, James says in James chapter 1 verse 8, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. It literally says a, a double-minded man staggers like a drunk. So indecision is, is, a, is, a, is a toxic condition to find ourselves in. You're, you're an indecisive person is like a person on an inflatable life raft in, a, in the middle of the ocean. You know, it's just, it's just you're up and you're down. And, and believe me, recent days I have been seasick 
with indecision. So I have to go. I know what that means. Pam and I attended a marriage retreat one time in Ridgecrest. And the speaker in the retreat mentioned that there are two kinds of people that get in relationships. There are what he called big D people, people that really just love to make decisions. They just, they just do it all the time. They love to do it. They do it easily. They do it quickly. They do it. They get it. They don't go back. They don't second guess themselves. They don't go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. They're just big D decisions. They're good with decisions. And then there's the little D people who can't decide on anything. Uh, now, typically, a, a little D person ends up in a relationship with a big D person. Uh, unless you were me and my wife. And we were both little Ds. We did, neither one of us wanted, we couldn't decide where to go out to eat. We, I mean, we just, you know, we were, it's, decisions just stressed us or something. We just didn't do it well. If you end up with two big D people in a marriage, there's a lot of fireworks. Everybody's, everybody's making their own decisions and kind of going their, their own way. But you might be a little D person today or a big D person. I don't think really important decisions are easy for anybody, frankly. They're hard. Uh, and we need somebody. We need a guide. We need a leader to help us make decisions. And that's what God is offering to be to us. You know, if, if we ask God, the Bible says, if we lack wisdom, let, him, let a man ask of God who gives to all people liberally. Uh, God's not stingy. God's not going to hold back on wisdom if you ask him for it. But sometimes we just don't ask. He wants to lead you. The Bible actually refers to God. We sang a moment ago about the God of angel armies. That's, that's uh, God Almighty. That's one of the most common references to God in the Old Testament. Uh, but one of, the, one of the close seconds to that is the, the word, the shepherd. God is our shepherd. He, he identifies himself, which is a really, it's an amazing thing because to do that, the, the shepherd was like the most humble of all jobs. There's no, nobody had a more humble job than a shepherd. And God identifies himself with that humble profession. He is the Lord, our shepherd. And so this psalm, when we get to this psalm, we're, we're seeing a very, very, and, and David, don't, don't you know, I, it may or may not help you. It helps me to think about this. David's an old man when he writes this. He's already seen God working in his life. So he's looking back over the vista of his life and saying, the Lord is my shepherd. This is a very personal, intimate kind of statement that David is making in this psalm. And, and he points out the reality that God leads us. We, we need a leader. These are confusing times to be in a family, to have family, to lead your family through dangerous and confusing days. We just struggle with these days. In the Old Testament, the, the metaphor of uh, the Christian life is very clearly seen in the people of Israel. I'm going to try to stay really still and not pop and crack. Uh, the people of Israel, as they were set free from bondage in Egypt, uh, were led in the wilderness, certainly humanly, by Moses. But more than that, Moses himself was led by a pillar of fire at nighttime that lit up the sky and a pillar of cl a, a cloud by day that had also a glowing light, the Shekinah glory of God inside of it. And whenever that 
Cloud moved, the people of Israel packed up and they moved with it. Whenever the fire moved at night, the people of Israel packed up and they went with the direction the fire was going. That was the Holy Spirit. That was God's presence and the Holy Spirit leading the people in that time. Now, how many of us have ever thought, and I read those stories and read that, that uh, in, in Exodus and other places, and I think, you know, sometimes I think, that would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? I mean, you're trying to decide on a house. Which house do I need to buy? And, and this cloud just shows up, and says, this one, you know. Or, man, you know, I'm trying to pick a car or, trying, you know, do something. You know, you're making some big decision, and, and this fire just shows up and says this. So it's like, oh, you can't mess up, right? But really, the Bible tells us that we have within us the presence of the Holy Spirit, who is the one that was in the cloud, who is the one that was in the fire, and now is inside of you. Why don't we listen? Why are we not letting him lead us? Why are we not letting him prompt us and show us the way? Because he definitely wants to do that. He definitely wants to do that. And so we think today about leadership again. How are you being led? How, who, is, who is leading your life? Romans chapter eight tells us that those who are led by the spirit of God are the sons of God. The one of the primary markers of whether or not you are a truly a believer in Jesus Christ is not just is the presence of God inside of you, but are you allowing the Spirit of God to lead you, to lead your life? Again, God's not a rancher. You know, ranchers, the guys out west, uh, they drive their flocks from behind push them forward. They scare them. They terrorize them to move them. A shepherd gets out in front of the flock. The Holy Spirit does not push you from behind. The Holy Spirit leads you from the front. He goes where he wants you to go first, and he leads you to follow him. I remember that, that term, that, that leadership word, uh, Back 50-some years ago, I remember standing in a sweaty auditorium on, on a, a, a summer morning in, uh, in June in Kentucky at Vacation Bible School. Now, these were the days when you know, I, had to, I had to wear a white shirt and black pants, and we didn't get cool T-shirts and that kind of thing. You know, so, I, that, that was, and so there was like a, this auditorium full of children with these white shirts uh, you know, uh, it, it was it was it was kind of odd, but I remember very for some reason I don't know why this, but for some reason I remember we were like doing this processional thing, but we were singing this song, and I don't know why this song just locked into my life right there, because it wasn't a catchy tune. It's not necessarily just a real peppy happy tune. It was a song that said. He leadeth me. Oh, blessed thought. Oh, words with heavenly comfort from. Whatever be tied, whatever may be, still tis God's hand that leadeth me. He leadeth me. He leadeth me. By his own hand, he leadeth me. His faithful follower I will be, for by his hand, he leadeth me. 
I've never forgot that picture. In my head, as I stood in that auditorium, I remember that was the first time, I'm not sure it's the first time I ever heard it, it was the first time I ever heard it. And I got that God wants to lead me. I got it. Oh, okay, now I understand. And he's led me. He's led me. He wants to lead you too. He's a shepherd. He calls us to follow him. Not, he doesn't force us. He doesn't push us. He doesn't intimidate us. He simply says, follow me. Amen. He's a shepherd. And you know, and, and what I, I want to go back now finally to Psalm 23. That was all the introduction now, the, the uh, sermon. So let me, let me take us there for just a moment. This is, again, one of the most familiar passages. One of the most familiar texts in the Bible. One of the, mo- one of the ones I've used probably more than any other text in the Bible in my ministry. Uh, and one that I will promise you today, I'm leaning on like I never have before. That's where I am. So I don't know if that's why I was stuck in it. I couldn't get out of it. I just thought, this is, you know, but anyway, this is where I am. Um, You know, sheep are not the smartest of animals. The Bible does not compliment you when it compares you to sheep. You know, all, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Um, and, uh, you know, sheep, again, are not the brightest of God's creation. They're just not. But this psalm very simply and very powerfully tells us some things about God's leadership. Number one, it, it tells us that God wants to lead us to a good place. Okay, God wants, the goodness of God wants to lead us to a good place. God draws us forward. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance, the Bible says. God's goodness leads us to a good place. I've used the, first of all, uh, it says that that he makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, the, the, uh, the shepherd always prepared the ground before the sheep could eat. That you would, a sheep a flock of sheep or a, you know, a few sheep that would never, they will never lay down if they're hungry. And, and if you've been to the Holy Land, you've been to Israel, you know that the ground over there is pretty rough. There's a lot of, a lot of rock, a lot of, a lot of places that are just not lush pasture land like you see in some countries. There's just not a lot of that there. And so when a shepherd was taking a flock through the wilderness, he would have to clear the land so the sheep wouldn't end up eating a bunch of thistles and poisonous plants and stuff that they didn't have enough sense not to eat. And so he'd move rocks and he'd move all this. So if there was a green pasture, there was a shepherd who had been there working to make that happen. All right? Sheep, sheep can't, they can't feed themselves. Every other animal, you know, uh, a, a deer can feed itself. I have deer in my backyard eating my flowers all the time. The deer feed themselves. They'll find something. Possums, I found, you know, find possums in my garbage can. They feed themselves. Squirrels feed themselves. Every animal 
but not sheep. They can't feed them. They can't find food by themselves. And if, if you just leave them alone, they're going to start eating stuff that's going to probably kill them. So the shepherd has to prepare the soil. He has to prepare the path. He has to prepare the, 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 the ground for the sheep to lay down in. And when we say that, that he makes me lie down in green pastures, what that's saying is God has met all my needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He has met my needs. And so I can be content. I can lay down. So we have this picture of God leading us, first of all, to a, a good place. Secondly, God wants to lead us to a peaceful place. How many of you are ready for some peace these days? He wants to lead us to a peaceful place. He leads me beside still waters. Sheep are easily spooked. They're easily frightened. So are we. Um, a sheep would not drink from a babbling stream of water. If there's running water, sheep won't get close to it. The sound of the water hitting the rocks or just bubbling up scared the sheep, so they wouldn't get close to water that was running. And so if, if the shepherd came onto a stream and he wanted to water his flock at this stream, he would have to go upstream and dam it up to stop the water from flowing down so the sheep would actually approach it and drink from it. So once again, we have this picture. If there's still waters, God made them still. All right, there's, there's this picture here. He, he leads me beside still waters. In other words, we have here this picture of God not only leading us, but God's taking care of us as he leads us. He, he's providing for us and meeting our needs. Now, I don't think any of us in here have any issues of anxiety about running water, but you've got other issues troubling you, don't you? I think a lot of people do. Uh, San Jose State University every year since 1985 has done a survey for incoming freshmen. And every year, the question on the survey is, has the last year of your life overwhelmed you? In other words, the pressure of your senior year, getting through your senior year, getting everything taken care of, getting all your, your, your T's crossed and your I's, all that has that process overwhelmed you. In 1985, 18% of the incoming students said it has. It's been overwhelming, 18%. In 2010, it moved up to 26%, said that it had. In 2020, almost 50%. Students saying, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed just by the pressure of getting from high school to college, I'm overwhelmed. You know, at a time that many of you, if you're older, you kind of remember going through that, and well, that was kind of a fun thing and a lot of, you know, a lot of excitement going on, and it was something you look forward to, but now students look at this as a time to be over, they're just overwhelmed by the pressure of having to get the grades and having to get the scholarships and having to get all these things in place, and, uh, you know, life's overwhelming. Life's overwhelming. And this is when we need a shepherd, folks, who can lead us to a peaceful place in the midst of all this. Because I will tell you something, I can assure you, I, I looked into some faces this morning, other service, and this one. There are some people here overwhelmed. 
okay? You're overwhelmed. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not. I'm just saying I, I know you are. I know there are people who are just overwhelmed with life and the circumstances that you're going through. But your shepherd knows. And finally, he, God wants to lead us to a secure place. Wants to lead us to a good place. No problem with that. Wants to lead us to a peaceful place. But he also wants to bring us to a secure place. Now, there, there was, for the shepherd, there was, uh, and for the sheep, there was kind of a, a stop in the wilderness. When they were out uh, and, and grazing their, their flocks and taking care of their sheep in the wilderness, the shepherd would build a pen, sometimes with rocks and sticks and stuff, and would kind of create a barrier, and the sheep would stay inside that barrier for safety and security. That's what they would do. Um, Sheep are, are notoriously uh, helpless and defenseless. They don't have claws. They don't have sharp teeth. They're not aggressive. They don't have a shell to hide in. They're fluffy. They're vulnerable. They're exposed. You know, no high school names their team mascot the fighting sheep. You know, you just don't... <laughs> They just, you know, they're, they're not aggressive in that way. And, and so they need a defender. The shepherd is their defender. He's the one who, who stands up for them and protects them and surrounds them. He puts, him, he puts them inside this, this little pen to keep them safe. But then more than that, Jesus in John chapter 10 identified himself as the good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. Now, you think, oh, that's a neat little picture. We have all these little pictures of Jesus with this, that. That's not the point. Jesus was making a very specific point. He is identifying himself with God. I am God. I am the good shepherd. And that doesn't just mean, hey, I'm, I'm like my father. I'm taking care of he, I am the one who is the shepherd who took care of you there, and I'm taking care of you here, and I will take care of you into the future. He is the good shepherd. But it also, in that same passage in John 10, Jesus said, I'm the door of the sheep. Now, what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. When the shepherd would make this pen in the wilderness, this little enclosure, there would not be a door on it that would lock and shut. Okay? So he would put the sheep inside the pen for the night to keep them constrained and contained inside this area. And then the shepherd would lie down across the doorway himself so that if the sheep tried to get out, they'd wake him up. If an enemy tried to get in, they would wake him up. You know, Jesus made a point. He said a hireling won't do that because that's a dangerous position. That's a dangerous place to be. Things can happen to you when you're the one putting yourself on the line. You're laying yourself down. But this is what Jesus said. I am the good shepherd. I'm the door of the sheep. Number one, you don't get in except through me. I'm the door. And, and, and I am, I'm the one who keeps you in that pen. Nobody, nobody can take you out of my hands. Nobody can snatch you out of my hands. Nobody. Nothing can separate us from the love of God 
that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He holds us. He secures us. He is the sheep door and the shepherd. So we have these pictures of, of who Jesus is and how he wants to lead us. And, 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 and just leaves me with one last thing to say. You have to make a choice. Do you want God to lead you? Do you want God to lead your family? Do you, do you need wisdom? I mean, come on. Are you smarter than God? Do you, know more, do you know more about the future than God does? Do you have more power than God? Do you have more strength? Do you have more insight than God? No. Who's leading your family? Because if God isn't, that means you are. That's not good for your family. You need to know God is ready to lead you, but you have to humble yourself and say, God, I, I want to follow you as my shepherd. I, I want you to be my shepherd. I want to follow you so that when I have decisions to make, when I have choices to make, when I have hard things to do, you will be there as my shepherd to guide me. Who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want that? Thank you for listening to the Parent Life Podcast today. I'd like to remind you that as we are headed to the summer, we take a break for the podcast. June and July, there will be no episodes coming out. Uh, we take a Sabbath, if you will, uh, particularly because I'm a youth pastor, <laughs> and the summer is very busy for me, but uh, we, take a, we take a break. We come back in the fall with new guests, new um, episodes, new topics, so August 1st, Monday in August, you will have a new episode from the Parent Life Podcast. But again, just a reminder, June and July, there will be no episodes uh, airing at that time. If you have any questions about me or my ministry, of course, you can always go to jasonstanland, all one word, dot com. If you have uh, any questions about Fruit Cove Baptist Church, her ministries, and some of the things that you've heard today, you can always go to fruitcove.com. The links are in the descriptions and the bio if you would like to follow those. If you'd like to submit a question, response, or interact with me here at the Parent Life Podcast, you can always email me at parentlife, all one word, at fruitcove.com. May you be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. See you next week. 